Welcome to Talking Shit with Marion, and that would make me Marion. So thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope that I can give you some insight on the world of beauty. We are going to talk about everything under the sun, beauty, beauty related, what you like, what you don't like. And I hope that I can help educate you and most of all, make you laugh and entertain you because honestly, let's all just have a good time. We get one trip around the marble. Let's make it a good one. Okay, so we are back for week four talking about chemical services and aftercare. And we have the lovely Tyrion here joining us today, queen of color. And we call her the chemist. We do. Um, so she's just going to share some of her insights and just keeping it real. I've come in. I've got my hair dyed. I've just spent $250. What should I not do? You should not go home and shampoo it with something from the drugstore or something that you bought at Costco. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, they are not created equal to salon quality aftercare. Um, you know, you're spending upwards of $300 on a full set of highlights and a beautiful toner and you're going out and you're washing it with dish soap essentially um, those products are full of surfactants automatically your color will wash down the sink your hair will feel dry so if you're going to invest in pre-book every six to eight weeks for something beautiful you need to use proper aftercare salon quality aftercare is made for your hair I always like to say that if you're going to, it's not investing in the aftercare for your color services. It's kind of like going to the doctor and saying, hey, doc, I've got this horrible rash. And the doctor's saying, ooh, that's too bad. That looks real nasty. I feel like when a stylist doesn't recommend aftercare, they're only doing half a job. 100%. Cool. Um, aftercare also for a stylist ensures that the next six to eight week appointment is not going to go sideways. Dumpster fire. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of tire fires from people coming into the salon with, you know, over-processed bleached hair because they've sat in the sun and they haven't babied it. They haven't taken care of it. They're not using conditioner. They're not using treatments. All those things are super essential, especially when you're talking about lifting services. Unless you want a pixie cut. Totally. Uh, yeah, it is 100% possible to have a color service in a cut without me even picking up scissors. Cool. <laughs> and I guess, like, so... I've always had the myth that if you put too much conditioner in, then you end up with like greasy roots. Like, is that just a myth or is that like a real thing? Like, No, that is a completely real thing. Um, conditioning is not meant for the scalp. Conditioning is beautiful for hair, but it's not great for your scalp health. So when we shampoo, typically you only shampoo your root area. You shampoo two times. The first time you shampoo, it loosens surface dirt, extra product. The second time you shampoo actually hits your follicle layer. Um, that's what keeps the health of your scalp intact. Conditioner is only really meant for your mids and your ends. Um, that's what keeps your hair healthy and what gives you root lift and what makes you not have to shampoo your hair every day. Is it like, there's the other myth I guess as well. So like I'm, I'm someone that likes to crazily go out and do runs every day, right? So I'm like sweaty and then I want to wash my hair and then I'm kind of like, I don't want to shampoo every day because I feel like I'm going to get the colors going to go quicker. Um, you know, like how often should you be washing your hair like properly, twice shampoo, conditioner? Um, can you just wet your hair? Like what is the kind of happy medium? Um, shampooing with stuff like that is very much lifestyle based. If you're an athlete, if you're a gymmer, if you're all those things, you're going to want to look for a uh, salon quality shampoo that has a very low pH. That's going to keep the cuticle of your hair closed so it won't wick out your color and it won't overstrip it. So if you do have to shampoo every day or every other day, you know, not to worry. 
Um, it's just in the way that you actually apply your shampoo. Only shampoo your roots. Don't flip your ends onto the top of your hair and make it like an herbal essence commercial. <laughs> That's not how you know you shampoo your hair in order to keep it healthy. I always try to look like a porn star when I'm shampooing my hair. It's awful for your hair. <laughs> yeah, it's completely <laughs> awful Guilty. for your hair. And we do we do have to talk about the box dye. We can't have a conversation about I... color and not talk about box dye because I am I'm I'm bad at it. I used to box dye every color under the sun and then I would come in and I would say to my stylist, "Hey, can you sort out what I've done?" And she said, "No. No, I can't." <laughs> so, you know, like what are the pros? You know, obviously it's a lot more money. Um, but why should you come into a stylist and get the chemical services done there? So fun fact about box color is it's not actually allowing for a chemical change in your hair. It's missing the main ingredient that's in salon quality color, which is called an ADT, an aniline derivative tint. Say that again two times fast. An ADT, an aniline <laughs> derivative tint. Um, that is what's in salon quality color that makes it different from box dye. Um, anybody who has Nordic blonde roots that colors their hair with a box. They will find that their roots look gold, you don't get coverage, and then their ends look dark because it's very topical and it's buildable. It's basically like vegetable dye. Ooh. So it's very difficult for us to remove because all of those colors contain things called metallic salts. Metallic salts are not compatible with anything with a peroxide. Meaning anything that we use to lift color. Or even just you know, you want to have a root touch up and you're gray and you, we need to use 20 volume. If you have box color on it, you could cause a lot of damage and a lot of breakage. Um, so yeah, box color is like a total no go. Got it. I find it funny how many women won't admit that they box dye. So clients will come in for their consult with their stylist and they'll be like, so how have you been coloring your hair? And they don't want to admit that they've been using box dye. So now what happens is the stylist goes to start her depositing process or her lifting process. And what happens to the foils, Tieran? They get hot. They get real hot. Yeah, and like not under a dryer hot, just like hot for no reason. And they swell and they bleed and they drip. And that's not fun. Um, I have definitely seen things in 10 years of doing hair where, you know, hair comes out in foils if people aren't honest. And when we say hair comes out in foils, we mean literally your hair comes out of your head and stays in the foil and then hits the floor. Your hair will literally melt. Anything that contains a copper metallic salt, your hair will actually boil Oof. when it comes in contact with um, any kind of bleach. So what we do here at Pinups is we do things called strand testing and consultations. So if you lie, we will know. <laughs> if you lie, you'll yeah. be bald. <laughs> and eight times out of ten, a stylist can tell if it's been box colored. There's a lot of telltale things that happen. Unnatural shine, hair that looks like Barbie hair, hair that has a really green hue to it. That's like 100% a metallic salt thing. Whether it's been henna or whether it's been a box color. Ooh, henna. Yeah, anything that says organic isn't. Yeah. If you um, can't eat it, it's not organic. Yeah. <laughs> and what about like um, dyes? Because there's this whole thing about not having pneumonia, pneumonia. Ammonia. Ammonia in hair because people are trying to avoid it and stuff like that. Like, is that just like, why, where does that come from? See, anything that says it's a low ammonia, there's a lot of color brands out now um, that try to market things like it's organic and it's 98% organic. So there's no ammonia in it. There may not be ammonia in it, but on a chemical standpoint, it's still an ammonia derivative. So it's still, you need ammonia for a deposit to happen. Yeah. You need ammonia for the cuticle to open and for things to work the way that they should. 
So even if something says no ammonia or low ammonia, there's still a chemical in it that's going to create the same action. Got it. So it's not really what it's advertised as. No, and it's not like, you know, we're putting Windex in your hair. Like, mm-hmm. it's you don't really need to worry too much about that. Hair color technology has changed and is a lot safer and a lot easier on the hair than it used to be, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So we get a lot of women who are YouTube enthusiasts and they will come into the salon for their chemical service and they are, we'll call them a level one, which in layman's terms means they have black hair and they want to go from black to silver white all in one process because the internet said that that was a thing. We always say, if you're the black chicken and you want to be the white chicken, you got to be the orange chicken for like a month. And then you got to be the yellow chicken for a month and then the pale yellow chicken for another month or else your hair can be real short. Real, real short. Real, real short by the end of it. Like dog shit short. Yeah, like Amber Rose short. Hey, she's got a great head though. Yeah, she's real hot. (laughs) Some people look great with no hair. Those aren't our people. I am not those people. So I just want to take like 30 seconds and talk about the phone calls that we get from people who, again, thank you, internet. It's my best and worst friend in the whole world. So people will see those vibrant pinks and purples and neon greens on Instagram and say, I want that color. Understand, with fashion colors, we have to bleach your hair first. So anybody that tells you that, hey, I can give you purple hair without damaging your own hair, that's a lie. Because they have to bleach your hair in order to make the color pop. So the reason that we need to pre-lighten the hair for any kind of fashion color application is kind of like taking black construction paper and trying to color on it with a highlighter. If the paper's too dark, you won't see the highlighter. So understand that when you're wanting those fun, fashion, funky colors, oh, I just said that all in once and I didn't even stutter. Anytime you want those types of color, understand lifting has to happen first. So Tiran, do you want to just kind of take us through some safe lifting things that clients really do need to understand about bleaching? We, you know, people don't want to use the word bleach anymore. They're using lifting and lightening, but realistically, is it bleach? Bleach is bleach. Bleach is bleach. Bleach is fucking bleach. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter how you slice it. Bleach is bleach. Um, And anytime you lift color out of hair, you're also lifting the vital nutrients in your hair out with it. Um, When you're depositing vivids and funky color, those colors are essentially extremely pigmented conditioners. So, you know, you may lift the hair to a certain level. It might feel really dry. Once you get the vivids in, the hair is soft and beautiful and replenished again. However, for maintenance of these colors, <laughs> and there is maintenance. I hope you like cold shampoos and black towels because you if you don't shampoo your hair with cold water, um, 50% of that color is going to drop out within the first couple of weeks. Wow. Um, I always suggest to clients that want to start getting into vivids, you know, do a little foil bundle, do a little accent piece or some peekaboos just to sort of see how you like it. Because just like Marion said, you know, we have to bleach everything that you want a fun color. Yep. So underneath all that vivid, you got yourself a total bleach out. Yep. And your hair is gonna respond accordingly. 
Not fun. Thus, taking us back to aftercare. Yes. If you are not following aftercare, then in six weeks, you're going to come back and your stylist is going to say, so what are we doing today? And you're going to say, I want highlights. And you're going to say, cool, what are you using at home? And if it's drugstore brand, there's a chance that your hair will not have the integrity to stand up to another chemical service. Or your hair is going to be so full of wax that the color I use won't even penetrate your hair. Oh, So yeah. then things don't even, toners don't work and things don't <laughs> go towards the chart because your hair is covered with a coating. Um, it's a barrier for all of our services. So yeah, if people, there's so many different flavors of aftercare to use. There's protein, mm -hmm. there's hydration, there's purple shampoo. All those things are finely tuned for whatever service you have. Um, color care shampoo is very low pH. It's very hydrating. Um, that's great for root touch-ups, full colors, um, even highlights to keep your toners in. If you want to be really, really white blonde, uh, purple shampoo is essential. That's going to get all the extra brassiness out of your hair. And avoid your hair of any gold and keep it nice and clear and cool. And by brassy, we mean yellow. Very yellow. <laughs> <laughs> like Twinkies. And, you know, girls that have curly hair and colored, um, protein shampoos are great. Keratin shampoos are great to cut frizz. They really aid in drying. Um, protein and rich shampoos are also incredible for highlights. Uh, people that have done multiple lifting services, like let's say going from like dark brown hair to like a blonde, which is, you know, the introduction to getting blonde. Um, all those people, you know, you need protein to go into the hair to maintain its strength. Got it. But protein makes your hair strong. It doesn't make it soft. Ah. So, you know, I would couple a protein shampoo with a hydration treatment once a week to keep that softness into the hair that makes it easy for you to style so you don't have to fight with it. Nice. Tiern, is it true that if you're using, say, a hydrating shampoo, that you should be using a hydrating conditioner? Can you change your shampoo up for the hair you have and your conditioner up for the hair you want? 100%. Cool. You know, you can use a keratin shampoo for the, you know, for to impart protein into your hair and you can use a color care conditioner. If you find a hydration conditioner too heavy, that's a nice happy medium to use for your hair. Cool. Um, fine hair girls. Um, there's a lot of beautiful shampoos formulated just for you and conditioners to match. A lot of fine hair clients um, will say, well, I can't use conditioner because it makes my hair flat. You know, if you're only conditioning from your mids and ends, volume conditioners are perfectly okay. And you're not going to have to fight with, you know, hair that's stuck to your head. Very good point. Very good point. And this is why you should always get advice from your stylist for aftercare. And never box dye. Never, <laughs> never, never box dye. Okay, so this was Tiran. Tiran is one of my amazing colorists here at the salon. So I pulled her away from her chair into the podcast room. And now I'm going to send her back out behind her chair because I got some money to make. <laughs> so thanks for sharing your tips and tricks with us, Tiran. And um, get out of here. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs>